Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So a lot of you listeners often ask what my background is, and if you tune in frequently to the podcast, I do talk about it. For those that don't know, I run a marketing company called Bash Solutions, which specializes in custom websites, content creation, and consulting based up here in cold and snowy Rochester, New York. With clients in the wrestling world alone, ranging from Cal Sanderson and Jordan Burroughs to the Nittany Line Wrestling Club and Helen Maroulis, we've been busy over the past decade proving why we're the best and earning trust all throughout the U.S., And we're not limited to wrestling by any means. We help businesses of all shapes and sizes from barbecue and butcher shops in Arizona like Snowflake Smokehouse to the largest Chevy dealership in the world right here in Rochester, New York, Bob Johnson, and everyone in between. Whether it's building a new custom website or implementing new digital strategies to streamline your business, Bash Solutions is trusted by businesses and brands across the country for a reason. You can learn more about Bash Solutions by visiting bashsolutions.com or head over to Facebook or Instagram Search Bash Solutions to see what we're up to. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, and if you want to catch up on the latest in amateur and Olympic wrestling, there's only one podcast to listen to. Subscribe to Bashamania, the Bashamania podcast, and have a nice day. Yeah. Welcome back to the Bashmania podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bash. This is episode 82, and today, Tony Ramos joins the show again. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashmania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashmania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are back. Tony Ramos is back on the podcast. How are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you? You had an interesting week testing the waters in something new. Yeah, that was fun. It was, it was a good experience. I want to talk about the name, image, and likeness bill, which is what we were texting about <clears throat> last week. But I guess before you talk about that, how was it grappling? Um, you, it's, it's similar, but it's different. Um, so there's like a lot of similarities when it comes to the way you think about positioning and control, um, you know, if, especially if you're a wrestler who, you know, doesn't scramble a lot, doesn't ground a lot, just controlling positions, controlling the body. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of little things in grappling that you got to learn and get very familiar with. If you're going to go in there, you know, against the best guys in the world. And, you know, I knew what I was getting into. I knew what could happen and that was a possibility. <laughs> um, but like I said, it was a fun experience. Do you think you would do it again? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I definitely think I'll get back in there and do it again. And, you know, maybe against someone who's more around my weight. Um, 
Yeah, I saw you said you wanted to go like 135 or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when it, when it first got brought to me, they, the guy who was like, hey, you should go against Nikki. I think he was still under the impression that, you know, he was a 66 kilo guy and not getting ginormous. <laughs> so, but it was fun. Does it make you itch at all to compete freestyle wrestling? I don't think so. No? Uh, I mean, there's been talk of, you know, what if there's one of those brackets at around your weight? Would you do it? Everybody at, was retired in the last six years. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, wow. At first, I was like, yeah, heck yeah, I'd be in. And then I slept <laughs> on it. And the next morning, I woke up and I looked at my wife. I go, I don't know if I'd do it. I, I, I don't know if I would. You're sore just from thinking about it. Exactly. You know, the back-to-back training, the, like you said, the soreness and just having to go through, you know, a good month, month and a half of really training the right way i just i don't know if i'd want to do it yeah I, I had a feeling of that and it's always i feel like this time of year people start itching right like you even have senior nationals this weekend where everybody's kind of finally gonna their eyes are gonna be back on a wrestling tournament and i'm not surprised when people start itching but speaking of senior nationals we'll touch on that real quick what are your thoughts overall? I, I kind of thought more guys would enter, to be honest. It's tough. You know, you would think more guys would enter because there hasn't been a lot of competition and they want to, yeah. you know, get on the mat and get a feel out for something. But at the same time, uh, you know, all these events you see popping up, people yeah. making money, you know, if, if these are going to keep happening, Nittany Lion Wrestling Club keeps putting out events, Flow keeps putting out brackets, um, you know, other RTCs like Hawkeye Wrestling Club. I, I know Warren talks of possibly doing something here, which would be fun. Um, what's the what's the point of going out there and doing that? You know, and wrestling. The Do you think team? it will change the landscape? All these different events, like you see, the Hawkeye Wrestling Club yeah. having their own event. They're not sending a lot of guys. The New Line Wrestling Club's having an event. They're not sending anybody. I think Snyder's going, but aside from that, and even initially, Gilman told me he was going. Now I don't think he's going. So it's interesting. Do you think that's going to change the landscape of some of these tournaments? I do. I think the landscape's already starting to change with what Flo is doing with those $25,000, you know, brackets. Um, I wrote an article actually about it on Moroccan the other day, just how, you know, the, the, the quote I put in there, the text I pulled out is congratulations, Flo. You freaking finally caught the attention of all the top tier athletes. Yeah. And for a while that was hard to do because, you know, growing up, we're so focused on, you know, world championship, world championship, Olympic championship. Um, and even when I was going through, I was always told, you know, it's not about the money. Don't worry about the money. It's not about right. the money. But heck, when you got a family and you got to pay your bills, yeah, a lot of it is about the money too. Um, and I think Flo's finally caught attention. And you see, like you said, you know, these guys six years out retired are coming back just for these things. Right. You're, you're catching attention of guys that even a world medal and Olympic medal couldn't bring them back. Um, so I think it's really going to start to change. I think it's also going to start to change the way you see RTCs operate. You know, Nittany Line Wrestling Club is doing a good job with hosting these events, using a platform to try and, um, you know, make some – build a pot of money. Because uh, I think, you know, as – I don't think a lot of people really understand how Rockfin works. You know, it's not a get-rich-quick right-up-front yeah. thing. It's um, renewal subscriptions it's as the tokens go up it's almost like a future bet in stocks yeah. so you're betting on the future of these and hopefully down the road you have you know a million dollars banked up in these cryptocurrencies and then you can yep. start investing into your club and doing some things with it 
And I definitely think it's great on the RTC side, on the athlete side. I'm curious your opinion, too, on the fan side, because the only negative is that you're seeing events and different services pop up on so many different platforms. Yep. You have the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club event in two <laughs> weeks on Rockfin. You have the Hawkeye Wrestling Club event on track. You have Senior Nationals and some other events on Flow. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Like those are the main ones. But now you're seeing, too, like you're seeing Nomad's got a Patreon account, right? He's, you're starting to have so many different areas where you have to spend to see it. Do you think that's going to hurt the fan viewership? Where before it was like you either pay for flow or you don't either see the matches or you don't. Now you have all these options. What do you think that's going to do from a fan standpoint? I think it's going to hurt the fans that can't afford like all these different subscriptions who really want yeah. to see these events. Um, you know, cause now, you know, you're either picking or choosing to buy a flow account or picking to buy a track account or, you know, the track, at, at least like the track and the rock fin, you know, you can I think cancel and after the month or after the event and get it, your money yeah. back or even the track one might just be pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, but when you're having to put yearly subscriptions down for some of these things, you know, that's, it's not cheap, um, for some people. So I think that might be the only backdrop to it. Uh, but I think it'll figure itself out in the end. It's also just different and new, which wrestling as a community never deals with. Well, like <laughs> never, it, it's funny watching from an outside standpoint. I always try to take myself out and figure, okay, I'm an anomaly, right? I'm got a marketing company. I'm this, I'm that. So I can't look at myself as the average fan. But a lot of these fans I see complaining, like for the last Rockfin event, literally you pay $10 and you get to watch the event. It doesn't get cheaper. And I saw people on Facebook that are like, yo, who's going to share their stream? Who's going to share their credentials? And I'm like, first of all, you guys realize that only hurts the sport, right? Like it hurts who's putting these events on. On top of that, it's what you're used to. These same people or some of them complaining are getting UFC events for 60, 70, $80. They're buying the traditional pay-per-view model. You want to watch WrestleMania? You're paying 70 bucks. You want to watch this? You want to watch McGregor? You want to watch Mayweather? But for some reason, the wrestling community, because it's, it's different and now you have to pay. If you, even if you look at it this month, if you figure flow comes out to like maybe 15 bucks a month rockfin's 10 is 25 and then if you figure the hawkeye wrestling club pay-per-view is 30 you figure 55 dollars this month all in and you get all these events it's a good deal it's just they're not used to it yes and you hit it right on the head wrestling doesn't like change um and i think that's what's held us back so long for so many years and i think it's going to be hard even for like usa wrestling and stuff with you know, what flow is doing is if you win these events with eight people in the bracket, heck you win one match. I think you get five grand or I think you win like a thousand that. fifth through eight. I think is a thousand. Yeah. That's just the enter. Right. You win one match. You're already making money like a good amount. Yeah. I mean, if you win the whole thing, you're winning the same amount of money as it was to win a silver medal at the, at the world championships. Yeah. <laughs> and you work your whole life and hard for that if they're doing these every couple months and you can make 50 grand, you know, enter in multiple events or if they do multiple weights, I think your focus is going to shift a little bit off of really is a world Olympic medal. Um, yeah. The prestige of it's there, but it's almost going to be like basketball. Like, you know, yeah, you got this pro league and that's the thing, 
And then the Olympics is just an awesome event to be a part of. And it's a great opportunity. And, you know, yeah, it's really important, but to these pro athletes, what's really important then be a championship. Right. And it'd be wild to see if wrestling takes that same turn because who knows how long, if this is self-sustaining, right. For the RTCs, if, if it makes sense for companies like flow, that's a lot of money they're laying out. I mean, you're talking twenty and twenty-five thousand dollars just for first place. You're talking forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars in prize money, let alone production cost. Mm-hmm. Can you recoup that? You know, that's it, it, and it's a subscription model. So you're obviously hoping that in the long term it makes sense, but it's going to be interesting. And, and it's funny you you talk about the shift towards making money, and I guess that's a good segue into this name, image, and likeness bill. Because it's wild. And even this morning, I was reading more about it. And it's like, nothing's definitive yet. Even mm-hmm. I saw just a couple of weeks ago, the governor Murphy in New Jersey signed it into effect. But, and that's the fifth state, but it doesn't take effect until 2025. Florida's 2021. Nebraska, California, Colorado are 2023. Jersey's 2025. Now they're trying to introduce bills on a federal level. Like, it's madness. And I'm wondering, you know, we started talking about it a couple of weeks ago because Jordan put out the tweet about, you know, what college athletes are the most marketable. And you start going down that path of college athletes marketing themselves. And because this is a wrestling podcast, you know, we'll keep it wrestling-centric. This thing could take so many different turns. Yes. Whether or not, depending on how they roll it out, what they allow. I feel like there's still so much that they haven't figured out. They haven't made it very clear. But even this morning, the article I was reading talked about all the angle about recruiting and making sure that now you're not giving gifts to kids to come to college. And so tell me, let's start here. Your initial thoughts on the bill. So my initial thoughts are, I love it. Um, you know, when I went through college, I remember, and I think this was even after you and Jordan were having that tweet back and forth. Um, I put a tweet out saying, hey, I remember when I was in college, and that was 2010, 11, maybe, yep. you know, almost eight years ago. Um, I remember asking our SID to use my Twitter handle in, you know, tweets th- through the wrestling account. And they told me, no chance, like, we can't do that. We're not doing that. You're not like, basically you're not bigger than the program. (laughs) (laughs) And and now you look at the, the difference in eight years of heck now every athlete is bigger than the program. You're getting your own graphics. You're getting videos made. You're getting your hashtag, your, your handles, everything put out by the school because they know the athletes image is what builds their own image. People are learning how, to use their athletes to build their brand. And that's one thing we talk about all the time with our program is to build the UNC wrestling brand. If we do it through our athletes and we're touching their platforms with their accounts, you know, and they're tagging us, their followers are going to start following us. And that's how you grow. You know, we're not just going to grow off of our own. We're going to grow organically through our athletes, through our fan base, through everyone else. Um, And I think back then people were just afraid, uh, to look like they were putting athletes maybe on a pedestal or making them bigger than the program. Cause we talk yeah. about it all the time. No one's bigger than the program. No one's bigger than the program, you know, keeping that team culture, keeping everyone kind of level-headed. 
Um, but at the same time, you need to understand how to market and grow your programs. 100%. And the other big difference is it's free exposure. I don't care yes. which one's bigger if, if two people want to sit there and say, because I see both sides to the conversation. Because if somebody walks on to a school like Penn State, Penn State can put you on. But if you're somebody who nowadays you have high schoolers with these massive followers, and if they're bringing their big following to the college, that does bring attention to the school. And I think it goes both ways. But the fact is, you're now going to, the landscape's going to completely change. And everybody's going to have to reevaluate what they want to do from start to finish. And I think even from a recruiting standpoint, that's going to start being conversation where even in the short term, if let's just say next year in Florida, you can make money on your name, image, and likeness, but in New Jersey, you can't until 2025. Are you going to start seeing kids that go to a different state because it's two to four years of making money on their name? Like it's nuts. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing a lot of people are worried about. So um, if you were researching and looking at some of these articles, you probably see Bubba Cunningham's name pop up a lot. Yeah. Um, he's our AD. And one of the biggest things he's worried about is, you know, North Carolina and Florida. We're, we're right by each other, right? But yeah. we don't have a, a state bill in place of where we can use name, image, and likeness and athletes can get paid. Well, now when you look at recruiting and our football team's recruiting against Florida, where are they yeah. going to go? There's a good chance they're going to go to Florida because they can make money. Um, right. So it is a big deal. And that's why they're working to try and push the Senate to, you know, make a federal bill that everyone has to follow. Because um, another thing you look at is all the states, they vary. It varies what's legal and what's right. not legal. So, heck, even if everyone does get it passed, it might be legal in Florida for recruits to get money, but it might not be in California. And then again, you're in those dilemmas. That's wild. And even I was reading that some, I, I think it was one, one of the points in one of the articles I was reading was says that like one of the states will allow you to take an apparel deal with yep. the school's uh, sponsor or a competitor. Other states are saying, no, you can't do a competitor. So if you're going to Penn State, <laughs> like depending on what Pennsylvania's bill is, you might be allowed to have a Nike deal and nothing else or you might be allowed to go on the Penn State wrestling team and have an Adidas contract, a Rudis, a Scrap Life, a whoever. Yep. And I think that's going to start getting kind of divisive, I think, and contentious between the coaches and the athletes. Because a lot of these coaches want to do things, and I'm sure you can attest to this, you want to do things that are in the best interest of the program that gives you this opportunity to coach and gives you this opportunity to pass on. At the same time, you've been a college athlete. You know how hard it is to make money when you're training for a sport like this, and you don't want them to get distracted or do something that's against the program. Have you started to weigh those things up, like you wanting to do what's best for UNC and also wanting what's best for your athletes? Yeah, and to me, I feel like doing what's best for the athletes is always going to be what's best for our program because uh, if we're – if our athletes are happy and if we're getting the best athletes in, you know, we're going to be the best program. It's going to take care of itself. Um, you know, but it gets tough. There's like, there, there's so many things and so many factors and I guess criteria that kids are going to start looking into now when you, when this does pass, like what's the fan base, what type of donors do you have? What type of connections with, you know, fortune 500 companies or, 
Um, you know, what type of connections do you have with a lot of the wrestling sponsors? Uh, how many endorsement deals can you get me? Like all that's going to come into play, even though you're not allowed to talk about during recruiting. Uh, don't think the kids aren't thinking about it and seeing what deals guys on the team have. I was just going to say, even if you're not talking about it, the fact is, is you can look at certain, like even right now, not from a financial standpoint, you can look at schools like Iowa, Ohio State, and Penn State, and you can see what brands and Ryan and Cal, what they want to do with their athletes and what they don't. You can see what kind of things they're against and what kind of things they're for. And I think it's like you said, it's going to be one of those things where if you're choosing between Penn State and Iowa and one school is going to let you do more than the other, or if it's saying, hey, you know, Ohio State's not going to let me do this, but UNC is going to let me do this, this, and that. And, like, recruit – I haven't gone through the recruiting process, but everybody I've had on here, including yourself, who's told the recruiting stories, it, it's never an easy thing. It's a big experience. And now if you're mm -hmm. adding an entire another vertical to it about making money, like, that's going to change the recruiting game. Yeah, and it's – it's changing the game on our end too with like our creative services department, you know, every school you're seeing all these, um, we put a couple out, you're seeing like these almost marketing programs pop up for colleges. You know, you're a marketing guy, you have a company. Um, you've, I don't know if you've ever heard of like influencer or open doors or all yeah. these pop-up shops. Now, I mean, we work with influencer, um, and now we have a, we have three or four photographers just for our program. And we have one that works with us full time so kids can have images and photos at their, you know, at their dispense whenever they want them. Um, we're getting, you know, work study students that can help us with, you know, videos and graphics and whatever it may be. So these, there are these things for, you know, the kids have to put on their social media accounts so they can help build their brand. Um, so you're going to see a lot of changes of how like staffs are put together, I think. Yeah. And do you think it's going to change from a standpoint of, you know, I always talk about this on this podcast because I hear the argument of distractions a lot, right? You, a lot of guys don't want to do social media because they don't want the distraction. And a lot of coaches don't want their athletes to do marketing stuff or brand themselves because it's a distraction. And I'm wondering your thought process on some of these athletes You've gone through the ringer with having a variety of sponsors and you see what's required of yourself. Just because you're a great wrestler doesn't necessarily mean you're going to bring value to a sponsor, to a company. It, it, it requires passion. It requires logic. It requires, you know, being in a relationship. And I think it's going to take a lot for athletes to recognize what may be good for them and what may not be. And if all of a sudden they're just taking something because somebody says, hey, we'll give you $5,000, blah, 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 and they hear nothing else, that could hurt them. And all of a sudden, if <clears throat> nothing else, if that's a distraction because now, hey, I gave you $5,000 so that we could use you at the car dealership and we want you to retweet this Black Friday promo and you didn't do it because you're in a tournament, like that's pressure on a college kid. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts of how that's going to go where it's like college kids are not going to have to start basically managing their brand, which they've been doing on a micro level with social media, but you're not talking contracts and deals. Yep. Um, I think it could be a distraction, but at the same time, I think it's going to be better for the athletes. Uh, I know 
you know, a lot of people, even when I was going through college, um, and I think even when David was going through college, a lot of our coaches told us, this is a distraction. You don't need this. You know, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Not understanding that we were way ahead of the time. Right. Um, and I think if you go back and look, my era with me, David, Dake, that group, we were so far ahead of the time. Um, we were already on the name, image, and likeness without getting paid. Right. Much. So, yeah. You know, we could go back and we could help a lot of these kids. And that's one thing I've thought about is doing like many, you know, sessions of how to market yourself. What are the right things to do? How to, how to help grow your brand. So you are, um, you are drawing the attention of, you know, sponsors, endorsement deals. But when you talk about like the schedule and things, I think your SID, not your SIDs, but your director of operations, there's someone in the program is going to have to be involved help keep that calendar or that schedule. You know, let's just say you are at a tournament or you do need a photo here or there. They can either have access to your account and pop it in there, or, you know, they can remind you, Hey, don't forget to put this up today. Um, it's going to be more of building like a team around the athletes also to make sure that they know what's going on. And I think the way they're trying to put these rules in play, you know, I think you got to, there's like agency can use the school might have to have access to like what your contractor um, what your deals are, you know, there's a lot of little things that's talking morning. about. Yeah. I was reading this morning that I, I think it was the federal bill. I think I could be wrong. That said you, you would have to notify your school within 72 hours of signing the deal. So at most, you know, the school has a 72 hour heads up that yeah. you're doing this, but it's going to be, it'd be so interesting to think about, you know, it's like, even for me, when, when I ask college kids to come on my podcast, I don't go through a formal channel. I just say, you know, most of them already follow me. I'm like, Hey, you want to come on and talk about this? Mm -hmm. Sure. I suppose technically you should go through somebody you should go through a department head. You should go through this and that. And it's going to be interesting to see. It's almost like college kids are going to start having managers pretty and, much. And how does that get involved with wrestling? And now if you have a manager who I'm sure the managers are going to want you to win at least to some degree, because even if they're thinking about nothing but marketing and money, they know winning equals more, yeah. but you're going to start having potentially, and I'm all for it. I think college kids should be able to make money. I, I do. I'm just kind of picking your brain. So I'm sure there's people listening that might sound like I don't want it. I do want it. I'm just curious on the other side always. And it's like, I'm wondering if there's going to be a manager telling them one thing, like, hey, after you win this match in the press release, give a shout out to so-and-so. Imagine, you know, like at a big tournament, like Big Tens or NCAAs where there's <laughs> press conferences after every round. You're yeah. going to start saying, hey, I had a great semifinal match. Thank you to Big Joe's car dealership in Idaho to, you know, get me here. Like, it's going to be wild. You're going to have a manager in one corner, your coach in another. That could be contentious. <laughs> it could be. And I think, you know, coaches are going to have to – um, get over it. You know, me as a coach, I like this because I think it's going to give us better athletes and more focused athletes. And I don't think people think about this. You know, if you're an athlete who wants these endorsement deals, these sponsorships, well, guess what? You got to live like a pro now. You got to live a clean lifestyle. You can't be going out, getting in trouble, um, doing things you might have been able to do as a college student and kind of get away with because you weren't in the limelight or you weren't representing another company. Um, so you're going to see some changes on just the way the kids have to live their lives and it's going to make them live a cleaner life. It's going to make them be more focused on what they're doing now that it's almost, you know, I guess like a job or kind of like these athletes are saying they're, they're doing a job, you know, they're, they're yeah. more than a student athlete. 
well, now we're going to see him live like more than a student athlete too. Uh, and that's kind of what excites me on that end. Well, and definitely. And, and I think, I can, again, I can't attest to the coaching side of not wanting my athlete to be distracted because like you said, there's pros to it. I also think there's a lot of athletes and there's a lot of wrestlers. <clears throat> I know some that they're praised their entire life because they're a standout. There's something special. And all of a sudden, when it times when it comes time to be a grown man, a grown woman, they still kind of want that handout. They still kind of want that. Well, you should pay me because I did this, this, and that. It's no longer about that. You now have to be held accountable for how you're acting, for how you're speaking, for what you're doing. Hey, if we need you to do this, you're gonna do this. I don't want to hear. Hey, for the next week, I don't want to you know, talk to you at all because I'm going to get ready for this duel and it's a big duel. They're not going to care. Like yep. it, it's going to be a wake up call for a lot of athletes that, and, and don't get me wrong. This is why I think there needs to be more conversations about it because I think there's a place for, if you have a good, if you have a deal, you should have a deal that is true to who you are. Don't overpromise something. If you're somebody who's going to want to go dark for two weeks, make sure it's in the deal. Hey, don't expect any phone calls. Don't expect a photo shoot. Or if you're somebody like David Taylor did a good job leading up to the world championships of keeping his fans engaged. Somebody like him could do it, but not, not everybody can do that. And, you know, some of these college kids, I think, are going to say yes to the money, but then when it comes time to the, to the deliverables, it, you, you do got to be a grown-up, and you do got to be professional, and that's going to be, for many, a lot of these college wrestlers don't have jobs, so they're not really accountable to anybody but their coaches, their teachers, and that's kind of it. Now you have a business or a professional relationship, and those responsibilities, again, you've had the sponsors. You know what they're like. To It doesn't matter win, lose, or draw. You have your responsibilities before, during, and after to get that paycheck and make sure that it keeps coming, and that's going to be new for a lot of people. It is, and it's, I think it's going to be, like I said, I think it's going to help us because it's going to make these kids more focused and grow up a lot faster. Um, you know, it, it's hard to say, but money motivates a lot of people. Yep. And it can change a lot of people. It can make you good. It can make you really bad. Um, yep. So you're also going to have to be ready for the, the bad side of things too. Once these kids do start getting their hands on a lot of money, who knows what's going to happen. You know, they, they could go crazy. You see it at the pro level all the time. Um, so there's got to be a good way to manage them or not manage them because I don't want to say we're managers, but, you know, also teach them life lessons, keep them focused, keep them going down the right path. Uh, and I think we'll be able to do that better than a lot of pro sports because we're going to have our hands on them. We're going to have contact with them daily. You know, they're not just coming to play for us, going to practice, getting a lot of money, leaving. You know, we – you're around them a lot more. Yeah. And I think too, you know, I know for me right after high school, I ruined my credit. I, I almost went bankrupt. I, I ran up credit cards, line of credits. I like for a couple of years after high school, I ruined everything and took a lot of time to, to rebuild. And it took a lot of hard life lessons to understand how things work, paying a tax bill at the end of the year when you're an entrepreneur, when you do different things that you're not taught, you're, you're not taught anything about credit in high school. Mm -hmm. You're not taught things about managing money. You're, you're taught basics about economics from a, from a 
top global level, maybe you're not taught personal finances or management. And, you know, you start seeing some of it at the college level before you see some of these pros that, like you said, some do really well, some do really bad. And some of you, I, there was a, I think ESPN did a 30 for 30 on it. Like athletes who had all the money in the world and then were completely broke. And it was like devastating to watch the, the highs and lows of it. And I think you are going to have that. And I think, you know, money is a motivator no matter what, whether it's because you want to provide for your family and you want to take the stress of not having money away, or if you like worldly things and you want to go buy this shoes and buy that bag, you're going to, it is going to motivate you. It's going to depend on now. I think, okay, if you get the money and if you get those things, is your drive to win still there? Which for many, I think it is, but for some, they might get a little, they might get a cushion or they might get rich quickly, kind of. If all of a sudden they win, win quick and they win a lot, they make some money. Now it's going to sustain that drive. I mean, if you figure, I remember the last time I think you were on the podcast, we talked about the longevity of your career and not burning out. And you weren't introduced to financial deals until the tail end of wrestling for 20 years. Yeah. Now that's going to start a lot sooner. And it's, it's, can people maintain that same drive with or without the deals and the money? Yeah. And I think you're going to see, you know, you, you talk about a little bit on the college levels when you kind of start getting introduced to like finances, personal things, but yeah. you really, it's not even like until you leave college, do you really understand it? I guess. Right. Yeah. Because until you actually have to do it and do it on your own without help, without support, you don't understand it. Um, and I think you're going to, you're going to see, you know, departments and universities that have like all these, um, I don't know if I call them classes, but more so seminars for student athletes when they like come yeah. in or every year. And I remember one of the ones that every school has is the social media one. What not to post. It's always what not to post. And they post every <laughs> right. post. And I remember two years ago, I finally, when we were in this, I, I, you know, I, we were having discussions on it, what people thought about. And I said, at what point are we finally going to show them what to to post or how to, to grow their brand? Yeah. And everyone looked at me kind of like I was crazy. Like, uh, guess what? This year, you know, our football team, all these programs are starting these, you know, our football team, I think, calls it Fahrenheit 911 or Brand 911. And what they're doing is bringing in people to teach them how to post, how to grow your brand, how to interview. Um, and I think things that are going to get added into that, and it might even be in theirs right now, is how to manage your money, how to pay your taxes, how to yeah. budget. Like you're going to have to start teaching these kids and these athletes. And I, don't, I would call them young men, young women, um, how to do these things. And I think where a lot of people are getting confused is this isn't just going to be football and basketball. You know, you look at a place like an Iowa, a Penn state, or, you know, even programs like us who have big time connections in the wrestling world has a lot of very wealthy people who own very big companies that want to give wrestlers money, you know, they're going to find ways to get money into those athletes pockets and into those sports. Yeah. And, and wrestling, 
you, you see articles floating around all the time about how ex-wrestlers make the best employees and the best bosses and wrestling teaches <clears throat> you so much that it, it means true for me. I was an absolutely terrible wrestler, but it did give me so much value of life and, and so many life lessons that the diligence, the perseverance, everything wrestling taught me helped me to succeed in business. And now I'm involved in wrestling from a business standpoint, as well as being a fan. And there's going to be a lot of that. And I think you talk something about like taxes. How many wrestlers do you think understand that if they get $5,000 for a sponsorship, that they're going to have to put two, 3000 aside for the end of the year when they have to pay a tax bill. They have no clue. <laughs> right. I mean, heck, I was still getting tax bills from back when I was taking sponsorships, like in 2014 and 15. It's like, hey, you still owe this. Or, you know, and you didn't even know. Right. Um, and I think it happens all the time. Uh, and not just that. People don't know how to read contracts. Yeah. You can go back and look at some of our best wrestlers who didn't understand their contracts or deals they were signing and got in trouble for it. Yeah. There's a lot of things that go into this that, you know, you're asking an 18 to 22, 23-year-old, you know, hey, figure it out. <laughs> um, there's going to be a lot we're going to have to help them with. And I, I suspect, too, that on the state and federal bill level, they're looking at football and basketball. They're not looking at wrestlers because wrestlers aren't going to get the money necessarily that basketball and football players can get. That's the model to look at from a how is this going to go standpoint. And when you start looking at that, it's scary to think about what these kids might agree to. And I do think, again, it's great to be able to make money. I just think that needs to be done smart so that it doesn't hurt them. Whether it's, I can't imagine some freshman wins NCAAs, gets a nice deal, doesn't pay his taxes the next year. Now he's got this stress, this headache. I've had money problems in the past. I understand the stress it puts on you. You're not going to be performing if you got all that stuff going on. You got partners complaining that you're not doing what you're supposed to. You've got tax bills coming. You got all this stuff. And look at people manage it on the pro level, good, bad, and different. People make a lot of money in the NFL and they still show up on Sundays and they leave those problems at the door. And I think you'll see some of that too. But I think you're going to have to implement a lot of things, even like you said. Colleges should be showing people what to post. I deal with a lot of wrestlers, even on the senior level, that don't get it, don't know what to post, don't. And I'm like, listen, document your life, share your journey, speak your truths, be, be who you are. If you want deals, look at everything in your house, start posting about it, let, let those tag those brands, let them see it. There's a lot of things that you learn from doing it that college kids are going to say, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. And they're going to need, they're going to need managers. They're going to need yep. people managing them and helping them. And it's not going to be as a coach. I assume you can only do so much before your goal is to grow the program and win championships. Your goal isn't to get your kids as absolute much money as possible through these deals. And there's going to be a little bit of a conflict to some degree of, okay, I helped you here. But now you got to go like have <laughs> yep. your manager help you or something. Yep. And you know what's crazy, though, when you think about it at the college level? These kids have, you know, not just from us. Like, um, yeah, we have photographers and everything, you know, when it comes competition time. But look at a guy like RBY who really – he gets it. Yep. I mean, he gets it. And I've been looking through his feed lately, and I'm pretty sure that dude has a friend who's a photographer who's yep. a college kid who follows him around with a camera. 
and guess what? We got photographers on our team and every school has, you know, um, journalism or photography classes. These college kids, all you got to do is make a friend with a photographer, make a friend with a video guy. And guess what? Now you got a creative team at your disposal who's free of charge because you're they tagging need the experience, them. right? <laughs> they, it, it, there's nothing better. I, I talk about it all the time because even still, 12 years after starting my company, I do a lot of free work. If I think something's a good value, it doesn't necessarily mean I need to be paid with money. Some deals are better off just do it for whatever whatever the reason is. And, you know, a lot of wrestlers don't understand where to go to create content. Like, do you realize the platform you have, what you would do to somebody who's learning and now you're showcasing their work constantly? It, it's going to be very beneficial. It's not about, oh, I have to go pay somebody. There's enough kids walking around campus that want to do this at a higher level that they'll help you because you're maybe just the wrestler to them. But if they can use you to develop a portfolio and go sell it to a UFC star, an NFL star or whoever, it's going to make sense. It doesn't cost yep. a lot of money. It just <clears throat> takes, it just takes initiative really. Yep. Could you imagine if Spencer Lee put out a tweet saying, Hey, I'm looking for a photographer or videographer on campus to work with me this year. Right. Every kid in Iowa campus that does right. it would reach out to him. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because there's, there's going to be a lot of kids who I think have to really do some thinking about what they want. What do you want? How much of your life do you want to be public? How much of it do you want to be private? What type of deals do you want? I think one of the one of the smartest guys over the last five years in wrestling is Snyder. Snyder was hot in 2015-2016. He got his deals and now he's making good money and they're not contingent even though he's winning less now than he was. Mm-hmm. He got the deals and he was able to kind of put it on autopilot so that he doesn't have to work as hard now to create that content, create that brand. The winning helped him. He said, I want to put out, you know, he, he likes the workout content. He likes that kind of stuff, but he's not someone who like RBY is a content creator. Mm-hmm. He's out there creating content on every platform, every form. It's amazing. And you're going to have a lot of guys that are on both ends of the spectrum with, I don't really want to share. I want to kind of be like the Jordan still posts a lot of content burrows, but it's not what he used to. I mean, back people forget back eight years ago, he tweeted out my next tweet will be the top of the podium at the Olympics. Like he was super, super brass and he was super involved and now he can scale back and now he really protects his feed. And yep. now he's really like, no, nah, I don't want to do that sponsor for that free product. <laughs> yep. And then every once in a while, you see the old Jordan come back with the brass and it's hilarious. <laughs> like, like yesterday or two days ago, David, yeah. <laughs> David's one to come with 86 and he goes, I already made you disappear at 74. I was dying. Like, I was dying too. And I like both those guys, but that's good stuff. That was right? really good. And, and that's authentic. <clears throat> And that's what helps grow a brand too. I think a lot of people want to grow a brand by just, I think this is what people want to see. The best brands are built with being authentic and personality matters. Like I would love to vlog, but it's not my personality. It's barely my personality (laughs) enough to do a podcast, but like vlogging, I love the concept. We're building a house. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. It'd be great to do it, but that's not me. I'd rather do audio. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody has to kind of pick and choose. Not everybody's going to want to do what RBY is doing. And then you have, you know, like Gable's going to more, uh, he's, he's posting more in like lifestyle vertical. Yeah. 
So Gable is actually a guy who, you know, th- there's been a lot of conversations just between our department with some of the uh, other coaches that I'm close with. And, you know, some like this, some don't. And it always goes back to, like, I don't understand why you see much, so much value in, in your sport. Like, no one's going to give you guys money. And then I finally sat down and I looked. I was like, all right, let's just say Gable Stevenson was at UNC. Gable Stevenson has more followers than our quarterback at UNC. <laughs> That's wild. And, yes, he might not get a corporate deal, but why is he not going to get one of the local deals who can't afford to pay the football player? Yep. And they look at it and they're like, Sam Howell has this many followers. Gable Steven has that many followers. I can pay Gable less money and get to more people. Heck yeah, I'm going with him. Right. And I think, too, it's less in that regard. It's less about sport because across the spectrum, football, basketball, wrestling, soccer, no matter what, it's sport. Your demographic is one thing at large. It's, it's, it's sports fans, people who work hard. It's fitness people. So no matter what, the sport at that level is less relevant and the personality of the athlete is more relevant. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a superstar personality like Jordan Burroughs versus a quarterback who's a dud, of course you want to give money to Jordan all day long because his fans, much like the other fans, all the fans are sports fans. They're into working out or they're into hard work or they're into whatever. They're, the It doesn't change too much from sport to sport when it comes from a brand standpoint saying, I want your followers. Now, I think with regions, that's definitely like, I think you're going to see a lot of, local people wanting to give back the the mom and pop businesses, the car dealerships, the butcher shops. I think you're going to see a lot of that, but yeah, I mean, you're talking some of these guys that are actually managing their brands. You see how quick, like I put out some of those numbers about you got a guy like Nick Soriano with over a hundred thousand. Who doesn't post ever. Right. When he does, it's like hilarious comedy stuff. Right. He's got like five posts no one would ever expect him to be like that and people want to see what is your life like like when I was going through college people thought I was almost like a Nick Soriano this mean tough hard you know hard-nosed guy who hates the world but heck if they saw my actual life and the total opposite I'd have tons of followers off that and you'd also it's funny you bring up your college career because imagine if you could have done a deal in college I guarantee you you would have had some company that would have gotten so excited over the stare down that you'd be staring down something for a gimmick, whether it's you you staring down a burger for a restaurant, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, like if you have a gimmick, that's valuable. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't have student loans. Those are (laughs) care of. And the only gave me 40%. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. All right. So, so last thing here, NCAA season, let's talk about that just for a few minutes. What are your thoughts? Do you think it's going to go off without a hitch? Do you think we're going to see somewhat of a normal season? Um, I don't know if we're going to see a normal season. I know a lot of conferences, I think, have already agreed. To, or not agreed, but even like their conference has said we're starting in January. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we're going to see when it comes to like open tournaments or even tournaments in general. There's been a lot of conversation back and forth on like, do we hold our conference dual meets, you know, a group of them in one weekend, or do we do just one a week? Like what's kind of the protocol. So I think they're still trying to figure that out. Uh, Me personally, I hope they spread it out as much as they can 
you know, I don't want to just go and wrestle all five of the ACC schools in one weekend. It, how does that get our guys ready to compete at the national tournament? You know, I I understand the part of um, a lot of coaches saying like the main goal is we have to have a national championship. Like we just have to have a national championship. It doesn't matter what we do. We got to make it happen. I'm on the fence of, yeah, I get that, but I'm not going to have a national championship at the expense of my guys not being ready for the national championship. You know, I I would never put my guys in a position or want to put my guys in a position where you're just doing it to do it. You know, if we're going to do it, you're going to be ready for it. We got to do it the right way. We got to have, you know, even if it's a modified season, it's got to be played out enough where you're ready for a multi-day, you know, multiple match event you know, making weight a couple times, not just make weight once, have all our duels, and then go to conference and NCAs. Um, I don't think that really prepares them to be All-Americans or win national titles. And do you think, you know, Willie put out a good article on Rockfin about how he thinks this season's basically going to have an asterisk next to it. You're going to have a lot of guys potentially redshirting, and it's going to be interesting to see what the NCAA tournament looks like you know, you kind of saw it a little bit, not much, but a little bit last year with the Olympic red shirts and you have guys <clears> that were out. And this year it seems like we're going to see a lot of guys red shirting because they don't want to waste this year as one mm-hmm. of their years. And, you know, if you do miss out on NCAAs or if the season does kind of get away from you, you're going to have a lot of guys that are just not going to mess around with it and they're going to red shirt. Do you think that's going to be an issue? I don't know if it is or not. I know they're still trying to decide if, you know, winter sport athletes are getting an extra year, no matter what, even if they do compete this year. Um, I think that's going up to a vote here soon. Um, at the same time, I don't think, you know, no matter what you win, you're a national champion. No one's, yeah. when, when the history goes on, I don't think anyone's going to remember. And I know Willie brings up Lewis, you know, being an Olympic gold medalist and all he thinks of is Russia wasn't there. Guess what? I've never thought about that once when you're talking about Randy Lewis. When you're talking about Randy Lewis, like, yeah, that dude won Olympic gold. I don't sit there and remember Russia wasn't there. Um, I think that's only like the people who are very, you know, big historians on the sport. Uh, And at the same time, you look at a world championship the year after an Olympics, you know, so 2017 is always the weakest year, but you don't put an asterisk next to that. It's because everyone's retiring. People want a year off because they did the four-year cycle. Um, people are changing weights. You know, I think that year the brackets might have been tiny too, if I remember right, uh, just because you know they were they were moving all weights around and doing all different things. Yeah. But no one puts an asterisk next to us winning the team title. Right. No, we still won it. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I get both sides of it because you know you see like you see how people revere a championship. And even like on the senior level, you see if somebody wins a, like, I remember, I think when there was like the non-Olympic weights, mm-hmm. sometimes, well, people, sometimes people look at that and say, well, it's a non-Olympic weight and this and that. And it doesn't take away from Logan being a world champion at all. No. But, but you do see that conversation. And, and that's why with the NCAAs, you know, I mean, we're going to find out soon here just how many guys are redshirting. But it's going to be uh, – I just hope the season happens. I hope, like you said, there's enough competition and it's not like they're just having 
the season to check the box regardless of how it's done. And that's kind of where I think a lot of the coaches might be is we just got to check the box and have the season yeah. um, just to have it because we don't want them to lose it again. Yeah. But there is a way I think you can do without with having the season, them not losing it and not just checking the box. Yeah, I mean, look what happens with college football right now. I think it's going pretty great, at least watching it from an outsider standpoint. You know, you're obviously involved a lot more internally being on campus and being a coach. But as a fan, just watching college football, yeah, it kind of stinks when there's no fans there. But from a standpoint of the entertainment and engagement, it's there. And it doesn't seem to be much of an issue. So I got to believe that's a good sign for wrestling. Yeah. And depending on what state you're in, I'll tell you what, some of these stadiums look pretty packed to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, what else you got for me? That's all I got for you. That's all I got. Just, uh, you know, I, I think this name, image, and likeness thing is going to be really good for the athletes, and I'm Agreed. excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. As, as a guy who's in marketing, I've had such a blast helping so many athletes brand themselves and market themselves. I love the opportunity because you know this. When you're in college, your relevance only goes down afterwards. Yep. It only so, decreases. So my question to you is how many websites are you going to make when this passes? I, to be honest, I want to work with less guys more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I think what we've done is we've maintained very top talent, and I don't want to water down what we do and just crank them out. I got an I, idea for you. All right, let's hear it. You should pick one athlete from each conference. Just one? Just one. And do so what? Bit, and that's who you should work with. Like one Big Ten kid, one ACC kid, one Pac-12. You know, if you really want to limit your numbers. If, uh, so if this happened tomorrow, who would you say is my ACC kid? I would want to pick our guys. <laughs> um, but you would have to probably pick one of the Hidleys. Those dudes, they can market themselves really well. They're really good on social media. They're, they're. Uh, I'm gonna say Trent has more of a personality than Hayden. I'm very surprised. With Hoagies. I'm very surprised you didn't say um, Makai Lewis. That's what I thought you were gonna say. I don't know why. You say it all the time. Just because you're the national champ or the top guy yeah. doesn't mean you have the best brand or the best yeah. personality. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny, on this podcast, it's it's a lot of guys, it's not the most listened to episodes are not always the most popular guys because their audience either hears them a lot, they see them a lot. It's the guys who have maybe the more passionate fan bases who are right there ready to break through that get a lot of the engagement and they get a lot of attention. I think that's what you're going to see is it's not just going to be the NCAA champions that have good financial success with this. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of the guys that have the personalities who tell the stories, the Austin DeSantos of the world, <laughs> who yep. people just, for whatever reason, they have an affinity, they want more. You know, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited, though. I'm really excited to see what happens. I hope it passes soon so we can finally get it rolling. So is, do you know if North Carolina is working on a state bill or are they going to wait for the federal level? I think they're waiting for the federal level. Wow. Well, listen, we're going to have to run this back soon as more information comes out because I'm <laughs> sure right. people are going to start DMing us asking questions. So, Well, sounds great. Awesome, man. We'll chat we'll soon. See ya.
Yeah. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.